This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Hey everyone, Bill Curtis here. If you're like me and you love the panelists on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, then check out the Wait, Wait stand-up tour. This fall, we're doing two shows in Michigan, October 21st in Ann Arbor and the 22nd in Kalamazoo. Both shows feature some of our funniest comedians. Alonzo Bowden is the host, along with Maz Jobrani, Helen Hong, and Nagin Farsad. See them live, uncensored, and uninterrupted by Peter Sagal. For tickets and information, go to nprpresents.org. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Slap me on your funny pages. It's time to play with Billy Putty, Bill Curtis. (laughs) And here's your host at the Studebaker Theater at the Fine Arts Building in Chicago, Illinois, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, everybody. We've got a great show for you today. Later on, we're going to be talking to Chris Estrada, the comedian and star of his own show, This Fool. He was working in a warehouse when he got the call that his show would be picked up on Hulu. So we are looking forward to asking him a question no other comedian really can answer. What's it like to have a job with health insurance? <laughs> but first, it's your turn to tell us what it's like to earn an honest living wherever you are. So give us a call. The number is one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Now let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you are on. Wait, wait. Don't tell me. Hi, this is uh, Charlie Decanter calling from the Woodland Seconds. Wait a minute, Charlie Decanter. You're confident that's your last name? <laughs> Very confident. That's the wine bottle with a Why? And and do, and do people have all your life have people made jokes about you know letting you breathe? Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, I have a sister who my dad unfortunately named Crystal. So you can imagine the Crystal. No! <laughs> no, sir. That cannot yes, be sir. true. I almost feel lucky I was named Charlie. You realize this is NPR. You're not allowed to lie. That's a rule. You're telling me that you, Charlie DeCanter, have a sister named Crystal. Absolutely, positively, 100%. Wow. Well, welcome to the show, Charlie. Let me introduce you to our panel. First up, a correspondent for CBS Sunday Morning and host of the Mobituaries podcast. Season 3 premieres in October. It's Mo Rocco. Hey, big fan. Um, Hi, Charlie. Thank you. Next, her new book, Tell Everyone on This Train I Love Them, is out now. It's Maeve Higgins. Hi. Hi, Maeve. And making his debut on our panel, a stand-up comedian and staff writer at The Onion, welcome Skylar Higley. Hey, Skylar, welcome. Charlie, welcome to the show. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to read you three quotations from this week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain two of them, you will win our prize. Any voice from our show, you might choose in your voicemail. You ready to play? I'm pumped. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, here for your first quote is a big tennis star giving a definitive answer about whether or not this week marks her last tournament ever. I think so, but who knows? Who is retiring after an amazing career or maybe not? (laughs) That would potentially be or not potentially be Serena Williams. That's right. Who knows? It could be. It could not be. After a 27-year career at the top of literally her game, she thought Father Time had caught up with her, but it turns out Father Time is just another one of those random men who say they could beat Serena Williams at tennis. (laughs) So the greatest tennis player of all time expected to go out with a loss at the first round of the U.S. Open. She's 40 years old, right? But she kept winning, so she kept having to play. It's the sports equivalent of not being able to leave because you're the only one in the office who can reboot the server. (laughs) I want to be really inspired by her age, and I go, wow, go, she's 40. And then I go, 
wait, I was already 13 when she was born. I know. (laughs) She's old for a tennis player. I know, yes, it's very terrifying. I don't want to be one of those guys, but I am confident that I could beat Serena in Mario Tennis, so. (laughs) Sorry, I'll say it. You're going to say it, you know. She doesn't look that good. I play as Waluigi, and I kill. (laughs) Babe, are you a a tennis fan? Yeah, I mean, I saw her doing an interview, and the the interviewer was like, "Are you surprised at like how hard you've come out and like how well you're doing?" And there was just this long pause, <laughs> and she was like, "Well, I am Serena." <laughs> it was just so perfect, and even the interviewer was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. What a crazy question." Yeah, she's literally the Serena Williams of tennis. <laughs> Everybody is asking, "What is Serena going to do next after her domination of her sport?" Well, it's She's a retired person who likes tennis. She's going to start playing pickleball. (laughs) All right, here's your next quote. They threw the documents haphazardly all over the floor. Lucky I declassified. That was someone complaining about a photo the FBI released of a bunch of top secret documents. Who was upset about the mess? Would that be Donald Trump? Yes, Donald Trump. The Yes, he got it right. We're applauding for him, just to be clear. So this is what happened. So ever since the raid, the DOJ has been accused of all kinds of things, including like planting evidence that Donald Trump had stolen secret government documents. So they said to the court, here is a photo of the evidence of his crime spread out so you can see them. And Trump responded, all true, by complaining, no, I didn't leave them like that. I had the secrets it was illegal for me to have neatly boxed. (laughs) There's also a Time magazine. Yes, yes. So what they did was they, they, so it was like this. If you haven't seen the picture, it's amazing. You can't see what's in them. They blocked it out, but they have the classification. So there's like, top secret and so classified you wouldn't believe it and (laughs) if you read this you will die in exactly seven days right and they were stored apparently by the former president with like framed time magazine covers featuring him like the one named him security risk of the year (laughs) (laughs) that's so 90s (laughs) care about time i know but he did he had all those framed photos but weirdly nowhere in his entire residence did the fbi I find any photos of Eric. Wasn't there also in there supposed to be sex secrets about Macron? Yeah, that's one of the rumors, is that, you know, we've been given these very limited um, descriptions of what they found, and one of them was, like, informa- classified information about the French president. Gossip. Like, what could that be? Like, why would he want president? You know, like, he's like, maybe, he, you know, in Trump, he, like, found out that he had some sort of young, hot mistress, and he was looking for th- her phone number. We have no idea. <laughs> Well, I'm also like, you know, sex secrets of Macron are one thing, but can you imagine like trading, you know, like oh, in offering the French in return sex secrets of Trump? Like, no, no keep no. them. <laughs> Just, like, really. But they don't care about that anyway. French people right. would be like more embarrassed if there wasn't sex secrets. Right. There. That's true. They'd be like, surely there's something. <laughs> I do accents, impressions, whatever you're hiring me. <laughs> you, here she is, boys. Here she is, girls, with her accents. <laughs> Charles, your last quote, Charlie, is from NPR. Barking nine to five. NPR was talking there about whose brand new line of clothing for dogs. Jeez, is, that, is it Dolly Parton? It is Dolly Parton, yes. <laughs> Dolly Parton has introduced a line of custom-designed clothing for your dog. Clearly, this is just reparations for all of those country songs, Where the Dog Dies. She has <laughs> launched uh, Doggy Parton, of course. You can't groan, it's Dolly Parton. You're not allowed to, by law. <laughs> It's a line of clothes for your dog. There are these rhinestone collars, fringe-lined doggy dresses, even a blonde wig. (laughs) Makes sense after a career of beautiful music and generous philanthropy to branch out into humiliating other people's dogs. (laughs) Um, I think she should do doggy pardons for dogs who are like, you know, about to get euthanized because they did something really bad. Oh, doggy pardon. Doggy pardon. That yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. And, then, and then the dog should plead their case to Dolly Parton. Will they get their voting rights back? Or 
Doesn't that mean, though, that be, in order to generate suspense, sometimes Dolly Parton would have to say no and condemn the dog to And death? she might actually be the one to do the wow. euthanizing, too. This is just an idea. Um, but I think that would be a lot higher stakes. <laughs> If you find yourself, by the way, going over to Dolly Parton's website and looking at items such as a harness that spells out spoiled and rhinestones and a dog size, maybe just have a kid already, okay? <laughs> so does what? she make them for every dog, like even like a big old butch dog? Oh, yes, and, she makes, and she's very culturally sensitive. She makes, yeah. a, bur- she makes a burqa for the Afghans. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. No. Well, now, actually, yes. yes. Anyway, whatever. Hopefully not. Bill, how did Charlie do in our quiz? Huh? <laughs> Mr. DeCanter, have a drink on us. You got a perfect score. Congratulations. Great fun, you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. Right now, panel, time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Mo, the Wall Street Journal reports that there's a growing tension between the old guard of labor organizers like Teamsters and the current generation that brought us the Amazon and Starbucks unions. What don't the old organizers like about the new ones? Uh, oh, um, that they just, that they never come to work. No. <laughs> um, that they, um, give me a clue. Come on, guys, you're here to build the catwalk, not walk the catwalk. Oh, that they're too vain, that they're into their looks. Oh. Yes, they're too stylish. They're too stylish. They're yes. stylish unions. It's really gone crazy. The younger, the younger organizers in streetwear, you know, is one thing, but the giant inflatable rat wearing a Balenciaga gown, just too much. <laughs> Chris Smalls, you remember him? He organized the Amazon Union. He even testified in front of Congress. He always looks good, in part because of his great fashion sense, but mostly because he buys his clothes anywhere but from Amazon. <laughs> and these old school organizers, though, the old school guys, yeah. they don't like it, according to the journal. You know, they don't like the high tops and swanky hoodies. They don't get the approval of, like, Pipefitters Local 157 and cranky old bastards 426. If you can't, if you can't see any butt crack, you're not a teamster. Exactly right. <laughs> you're not old-fashioned. You're not old guard. I wonder why the Wall Street Journal would be publishing stories dividing labor organizers. <laughs> really? <laughs> Destroy the modern labor movement. (laughs) Coming up, your last chance for summer fun awaits in our Bluff the Listener game called 1888 Wait Wait to Play. We'll be back in a minute with more Wait Wait Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from Easy Cater, committed to helping companies solve food. From employee meal plans to on-site staffing to concierge ordering support. With corporate accounts, nationwide restaurant coverage, and payment by invoice. EasyCater.com Do you ever wish you could get your stories in three hours rather than three minutes? Or maybe you're sick of doom scrolling, getting your news in bits and pieces. That is where Embedded comes in. We bring you documentary series that will change the way you think about things. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. These days, news comes at you fast. But the truth? Getting there takes time. There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet. Embedded is a podcast that takes the time to look beyond the headlines. How how did this happen? How did we get here? With original documentary storytelling. Listen to NPR's Embedded wherever you get your podcasts. From NPR and... WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Skylar Higley, Mo Rocca, and Maeve Higgins. And here again is your host at the Studebaker Theater in Chicago, Illinois, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Right now... It's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one triple eight. wait wait to play our game in the air. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hey, how's it going? Not bad. Who's this? This is Michael calling from Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, Michael, what do you do there in Nashville? 
shockingly enough, run an organic vegetable farm. An organic vegetable farm. That's why he's so happy. There you yeah. are. <laughs> he's a rabbit. <laughs> wow. And, and, and what do you grow on this farm? The truth be told, it's my lovely wife, Tanya, that runs the farm. But we grow everything under the sun. And do, do, you, do you sell your produce? Or are you a successful agricultural business? Again, um, as a successful married man, I'm going to once again deflect that my wife very right. successfully sells vegetables at a uh, local farmer's market, GSA. What do you uh, do yeah, then? Yeah. What do so, you do then? So, so you're basically the hype man for your wife here. Uh, that's exactly right. right. I, plant, I plant the seed of hope in moments <laughs> of despair. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Michael. You're going to play the game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what is Michael's topic? Hot fun in the summertime. Ah, summer, easily one of the top four seasons and soon available all year round. <laughs> but right now, it's only temporary, so our panelists are going to tell you about a new activity that you can still fit in before this summer is over. Pick the one who's telling the truth and win our prize, the wait waiter of your choice in your voicemail. Are you ready to play? I certainly am. First, let's hear from Mo Rocca. Raising Cane's is an American fast food joint specializing in tender marinated chicken fingers. But you don't want to get your fingers caught in the bathroom door at their DeKalb, Illinois restaurant. That's because the men's room stall door at that location has been dubbed the loudest door on earth. Since July, (laughs) countless TikTok videos of the metal door slamming shut have been posted, and it is cell block loud. Think orange is the new black. Orange, by the way, is the color of Raising Cane's tangy, super-secret sauce that helps lock in the flavor on those chicken fingers. One video described the bathroom door sound as earth-shattering. Seriously, get your finger caught in there, and it will end up looking like one of Raising Cane's crinkle-cut fries. Center <laughs> cut from grade-A potatoes, every batch cooked in our premium-quality canola oil blend. It's not known how many thousands have made the trip just to hear the bathroom door slam. Then again, they could just be coming for Raising Cane's Texas Toast. Cooked to order from sesame-seeded pull-apart bread, brushed with our garlic blend before grilling on a flat-top surface to create buttery perfection. Raising Cane's. Flavor it, savor it. A Raising Cane's franchise in DeKalb, Illinois, features the loudest door in the world that people are actually flocking to hear. Your next story of summer fun comes from Maeve Higgins. Bored families across the country are filling their final summer days with visits to open houses that they have absolutely no intention of buying. Desperately wanting, but not being able to afford property is a proud American tradition. Realtors... Realtors complain about this. I can always tell when people are wasting my time because they look so happy when they see the pool. Only poor people get happy about stuff like that. (laughs) After getting kicked out of her third open house, Atlanta's Yolanda Pippin began holding workshops to help other open house enthusiasts appear like they actually have the means to buy a place. She provides key phrases to them, like, oh, only one wine fridge, and, but where's the au pair supposed to eat? And she warns them with don'ts that come from her own experience. Don't take a bath during the open house. Don't bring a first date and keep referring to the home as my other crappier place. Attendees say the workshops have been helpful and fun, and realtors say she better stop or they will sue. Attend a workshop so you can enjoy yourself attending open houses for homes you can't afford. Your last story of something to do in the dog days of summer comes from Skylar Higley. If you're the type of person who thinks to themselves, kids these days don't enjoy watching small reptiles drift slowly down through the air until they gently reach the ground, possibly afraid but ultimately unharmed, that would be a very specific thought. But, as it turns out, you would be incorrect, you stupid, stupid fool. (laughs) A new TikTok trend has revealed more and more teens this summer have been participating in hashtag turtle bombing, a prank that involves strapping a turtle into a small makeshift parachute and dropping it from an appropriate height to descend upon confused passerbys below. To add to the bizarre nature of the prank, teens have started using rubber bands to attach strange messages to the turtles, such as, Hark, the shelf-hocalypse has begun, or, (laughs) quote, I was dropped by a stork and now I'm your new son. (laughs) 
Many have condemned this practice as cruel and dangerous, but surprisingly, PETA has voiced their support, stating that turtle bombing is, quote, an incredible gift to the turtle community, allowing them to finally experience the miracle of flight. <laughs> All right. You're sitting around, you're desperate to have just a little bit more fun before summer ends. Well, it turns out you can do one of these popular things, either from Mo Rocca, go and hear the loudest door ever in the bathroom of a chicken finger franchise in DeKalb, Illinois, from Maeve Higgins, take a workshop that will allow you to go into an open house of expensive homes and act like you could own the place, or from Skylar, hey, you know, grab a turtle, put a parachute on it, throw it off a high place. It's fun. Which of these is the real <laughs> summertime activity being enjoyed by somebody? I'm going to go with Mo on this one. You're going to go with Mo's story of the loudest door ever that people are actually going to see at this place in DeKalb, Illinois. Well, we spoke to somebody who has, in fact, enjoyed this very activity. I open the door all the way. I just let it close on its own. And it's just, it almost sounds like a gunshot. That was Ethan Mock. He's a student at Northern Illinois University near DeKalb talking about the loudest bathroom door in the world. Congratulations, Michael. You got it right. We're not going to hear it? Too loud. Now, we know that many of our listeners here and around the world just don't have the wherewithal to get to DeKalb, Illinois to hear this. So we have for you now the sound of the loudest door in the world. It's a loud door. Yeah. God. It's a loud door. All you need is the Instagram of yourself in front of it, and you're all set. <laughs> Thank you, Michael, so much for playing. Oh, cross it off my bucket list. Thank you, Peter. Take care. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Come on, come on. And now the game where people who've hit it big do something small. It's called Not My Job. Chris Estrada was one of those guys who cracked up all his colleagues at work. So they all said, hey, man, you should go be a comedian. And he did. But unlike all the other dumb comedians, he didn't quit his day job. Not until he got the call during his lunch break one day that the TV show he had created would be picked up. It's called This Fool. It's on Hulu. And we are delighted to welcome its star now, Chris Estrada. Welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you. You've actually worked this into your comedy bit, right? That's what happened. You were, like, working in a warehouse, right, in L.A., where you grew up. Yeah, I was born and raised in L.A., and I, you know, you do comedy for a lot of years before it ever pays you full-time, and I had to have a real job. So I worked at a warehouse unloading trucks. The way I would pass time and not make the job so soul-sucking is I would go up to my workers and say, hey, don't tell anyone, but I'm with Undercover Boss. <laughs> and, is it, and is it true that you know, you'd start doing clubs and you had been doing comedy and you've been sort of rising in the world and you pitched this show and the story is, is that you were on your lunch break when you got a phone call saying Fred Armisen the well-known comedian and writer was going to produce your show yeah so basically we reached out to him and, I, and then they, they a week later they were like can you schedule uh, to talk to him and I was like well I still have a job so I just talked to him during my lunch break which was pretty surreal to be, like, wearing a back brace. Yeah. <laughs> have, since you have produced this show, which is now streaming on Hulu, in which you yeah. star, have you gone back to the warehouse and checked in with the guys to see if they've caught it yet? A few of them, oddly enough, have messaged me and told me, why the F didn't you tell us you were a comedian? There you are. <laughs> wow. And I also understand that you actually, unlike a lot of comics who got into it, some of them quite as early in their teens, you got into it fairly late, right? Yeah, I was meandering a lot in life, and it wasn't until I was 29 that I started comedy. So it was this weird situation where I was doing stand. I was 29, and like everybody around me was either like 19, 20, 21. So I felt like such an old man. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I mean, you say to yourself, man, you know, things aren't going well. My life yeah. has no meaning. I know it would be great. Strangers hating me. <laughs> you know what was so funny is one time I remember my first year of stand-up comedy. I was at an open mic, and there was this older man. He was watching, and then a few minutes later, I look at him, and he's watching something on his laptop. Oh, and man. 
And and I, out of curiosity, I went behind him to see what he was watching. And he was watching an Amy Schumer's comedy special. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I both am horrified. I'm horrified for you and the other comics, but I kind yeah. of admire him. He's like I admire him because I, I he probably saw us and was like, I like this, but I want to see the good version. <laughs> That's amazing. He went out to watch comedy. Yeah, he went to. Yeah, he was just like, yeah, enough of this. I want to see somebody who gets paid to do this. Exactly. So one of the things I was thinking about is you are now in a line of comedians who are doing a show which is, in your case, more loosely than not based on your own life. And yeah. like, the, the, probably the preeminent example of that is Jerry Seinfeld, right? And I understand- Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld, good old Ray Romano. <laughs> yeah, those guys. And I understand you actually ran into Seinfeld once, right? Oh yeah, that was really funny. I was doing a show at the Hollywood Improv and Jerry Seinfeld was playing in the main room. I didn't know this, but the challenge was for me to like go on stage and do my set, do comedy while playing the piano. And I don't know how to play the piano, but I just said, all right. And I, my friend who was hosting the show bumped into Jerry Seinfeld um, during my set and said, would you like to come and do a, a set on my show? And he said, yeah, absolutely. So he walked in and during my set, I just, I, I just started saying the most horrific, dirty jokes I could think of that I, that while playing the piano and all my friends were laughing and everybody was laughing and I thought they were laughing at me. I thought I crossed some threshold where I was like being funny instead of saying funny things. I was like, wow, I'm really getting, I'm really making everybody laugh. But what everybody was laughing at was Seinfeld was looking at me horrified at what I was doing. <laughs> he, he was just doing that sort of gape mouth look of shock he did half the time yeah, on his TV show, but he was I doing mean, it to you. Yeah, and I had no idea he was watching. So when I got off stage, I was like, "Wow, I made everybody laugh. I'm really, I'm getting, I'm cross, I'm getting to a new level of stand-up comedy." And then my friend came, and then as I was thinking that, my friend went on stage and he goes, "Everybody, we have a special guest. Give it up for Jerry Seinfeld." And I was like, "Oh my God, did he see that?" And then the first thing he said was, "Who was that guy? That was awful." <laughs> really? Wait a minute. So you did a set of comedy. And, yes. and then the next thing that happens is Jerry Seinfeld says, who was that guy? He was awful. Yes. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. I was it, it, it was, you know, it's a better story than him coming up to me and going, that was OK. <laughs> True. You should, mean, if you're you, going to have a disaster, yeah. do it. You should have sat down in the front row, flipped open your laptop and started watching Ray Romano. <laughs> exactly. Oh. That'll show him. That'll show him. Well, Chris Estrada, we are delighted to talk to you. We have asked you here to play a game we're calling This Fool Meet April Fool. So you were the creator of the show This Fool. We thought we'd ask you about April Fool's pranks. That's your topic. Answer two to three questions about the holiday we all hoped would die during the pandemic, but it didn't. And you'll win our prize for one of our listeners. Bill, who is Chris Estrada playing for? Pam Hudson of Cleveland, Ohio. All right, Chris. Ready to do this? I got you, man. Some people, in historically in April Fools, have not thought through their pranks before they did them, such as which of these? A, compact computers once had all their devices display the message, I am in charge now, human, resulting in hundreds <laughs> of machines being destroyed with hammers. <laughs> B, the McDonald's company announced a fake pay-what-you-will menu, and 18 restaurants ended up being burned by angry rioters. Yeah. Or C, a British DJ said listeners could go see a replica of the Titanic offshore from a particular cliff, and so many people showed up, the cliff fell into the sea. Whoa, Jesus. I'm, you know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to say it was the Apple computer thing, because I think computer programmers are vicious people. Really? No, it was actually C. It was the cliff. <laughs> You'll be happy to know, though, the strain in the cliff was significant, but it didn't fall until the next day when nobody was on it, so nobody was hurt. Oh, that, that really... You know what? I, I thought it was going to be that one, but I didn't want it to be true. Right, because you're a humanitarian. You didn't want those <laughs> yeah. people to be hurt. If I had mentioned that, you would have picked it. All right, you still have two more chances. For April Fool's in 1971, Texas State Representative Tom Moore wanted to prove that none of his colleagues read the bills they voted on, which led to the Texas state legislature passing what? A, a bill commending the Boston Strangler for his work aiding population control. 
B, a bill saying that all the legislators would work for free henceforth, or C, a change in the Texas slate slogan to, yeah, come mess with Texas. It's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. It's crazy, but I'm going to say A. You're right. That's what he did. The Texas legislature passed a commendation for the serial killer known as the Boston Strangler. All right, you get this last one right, you win. Sometimes fake products that companies make up for April Fool's become real due to customers wanting them. So which of these became a real product? A, a Hot Wheels Wonder Woman's Invisible Jet Toy, which really was just an empty case. (laughs) B, Spam Whiz, which is just like Cheese Whiz, but when you press down the thing, (laughs) spam comes out. Or C, the Chrysler PT Cruiser Star Wars Edition. I'm, I gotta say, wow, this is a hard one because yeah. PT Cruisers kind of look like stormtroopers. Um, Whoa, yo. Uh, what? <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the Hot Wheels. You're right again. That's what it was. They put out, they said, oh, we're introducing his, his Wonder Woman invisible jet. And it was just like a cardboard thing with an empty plastic case. And people were like, we want that. So they started making them. Nice. I got you, Van. You do it, man. Bill, how did Chris Estrada do in our quiz? He did very well. He won this game. Congratulations, Chris. Thank you. Chris Estrada is the creator and star of This Fool. The first season is streaming now on Hulu. Chris Estrada, thank you so much for joining us. And wait, wait, don't tell me. Thank you for having me. In just a minute, looking for emotional support in all the wrong places in our Listener Limerick Challenge. Call one wait wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Stearns & Foster. To Stearns and Foster, your comfort is their everything. So they've made a mattress that's irresistible inside and out. Every Stearns and Foster mattress is handcrafted every stitch. Every layer uses the finest materials like indulgent memory foam and ultra-conforming IntelliCoils for the coziness you want with the support you need. Timeless quality for your most comfortable sleep. Stearns and Foster, what comfort should be. More at StearnsandFoster.com. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. This message comes from Wondery. For a masterclass on innovation and creativity, listen to How I Built This, where host Guy Raz talks to founders behind the world's biggest companies to learn the real stories of how they built them. Listen to How I Built This early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. I'm Jesse Thorne. Why did Cola Scola write a bonkers, extremely fictionalized play about Mary Todd Lincoln? Well, you know, it was 2020 and we were all so isolated. I, I just started doing research. Uh, but the truth is, I, no, I just thought of it. We'll talk about that and more on Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Mo Rockham, Skylar Higley, and Maeve Higgins, and here again is your host at the Studebaker Theater in Chicago, Illinois, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill gets a big promotion in our Listener Limerick Challenge game. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one wait wait That's one 888 Right now, panel some more questions for you from the week's news. Mo, the British grocery store Sainsbury's, like many others, It's constantly throwing out food because it is expired. It's after its expiration date. So to solve this wasteful practice, they're going to do what? They're going to move the expiration date. Well, (laughs) if by move you said remove, you're right. You're taking out the expiration date labels. They're going to remove the best before stickers from 276 of their products, presumably replacing them with stickers that say, eh, 
It's probably fine. <laughs> Smell it first. You enjoyed Greek yogurt? Well, you're going to love ancient Greek yogurt. <laughs> Roman meal bread will right. really be. <laughs> even even, even better, Roman. Instacart says you're now allowed to ask your delivery driver to come inside and smell this. Is this all right? <laughs> but yeah, best before it just means like it's best. It doesn't mean you it can't, you're mean. not allowed. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. I, I take stuff way up to the expiration date, so that's fine. Right. I mean, I get sick, but it's fine. Yeah, no. <laughs> Mo, we all know about TikTok fads, the ice bucket challenge, the get out challenge, the planking challenge, the, the milk crate challenge. Well, the latest fun activity the cool kids are filming themselves doing is what? It is, I mean, we've, we've ta- you talked about milk crates. Give me a clue. I'll give you a clue. It's also called the hot wire challenge. Oh, it's the one about, uh, it's a Korean car. It's not a Hyundai, it's the other one. It's actually, it's, 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 it's good it, enough, because they're made behind it. It's the Kia Challenge. The Kia Challenge. It's actually called, what they're doing is they're filming themselves stealing cars. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yes, it's, that's the latest fun activity your kids are up to yeah. while you're here. Yeah. <laughs> you could just play Grand Theft Auto. You don't you have do that. to no, 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 do no. Grand Theft Auto. You, and no, also, apparently you I do. Mean, forgive me, but I Kia, is it really worth it? Well, here's the thing. (laughs) The Kia Boys Challenge. It's the newest TikTok uh, fad. (laughs) Teenagers film themselves stealing a Kia or a Hyundai. Then they joyride in them until they crash into telephone poles. It seems awful, but they are stealing cars to support ALS research. That was was a lot uh, better than the one that they were doing before, the manslaughter challenge. That was terrible. That was really bad. (laughs) That was really not cool. No, the the challenge takes advantage of a design flaw in Hyundai and Kia cars. You can steal basically by using a $2 USB cable to turn the ignition. I can't believe you just told the whole NPR audience how to steal a Kia. (laughs) Nothing is going to happen. If I were to tell them... If I were to tell them how to hotwire a Prius, a crime wave would spread across the nation. (laughs) Skyler, this week the BBC's Middle Eastern correspondent Quentin Somerville confirmed that while reporting from Afghanistan, he inadvertently did what on live TV? Ooh, restarted the war in Afghanistan. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) He inadvertently... He followed up this report with a report on the munchies. Oh, he, oh, he inadvertently smoked crack. (laughs) My God, that went from zero to 60. Yeah. (laughs) Close enough. He did inadvertently get high. Oh, yeah. What happened was he was doing, this is all true. This happened in 2014, but he confirmed it happened this week. So he's in Afghanistan in 2014, and he's reporting on their then campaign to end the opium trade. And they are burning a whole bunch of opium poppies, right? And he happens to stand downwind while he's doing the live report. Now, we have some tape. Listen for the subtle clue he might be under the influence. Burning behind me is eight and a half tons of heroin, opium, hashish, and other narcotics. Like, oh, he's just Scottish. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but we, then it's... We're, we are sophisticated enough over here in the new world to understand the difference <laughs> between Scottish and high, Thanks just so you know. <laughs> Coming up, it's Lightning Fill in the Blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight. wait wait That's one 888 Or click the Contact Us link on the website, waitwait.npr.org. Also, come see us live most weeks right here at the beautiful Studebaker Theater in Chicago and see the Wait Wait stand-up tour. You can see your favorite comedians from Wait Wait in Dallas, Eugene, Oregon, Portland, Oregon, Kalamazoo, Michigan, and more. Tickets and info at nprpresents.org. Hi, you're on Wait Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Sonny from Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Sonny, how are you? Good, how are you doing? What do you do here in the greatest city on this planet? Uh, I do a logistic for a merchandise company. Can, what's the oddest bit of merch you guys have ever produced? Uh, we do a lot of stuff. I mean, we do OnlyFans, Smirnoff, and Justin Bieber. 
Dare I ask what kind of merchandise do OnlyFans performers produce for their fans? It's pretty vanilla stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it comes in flavors. All right, yeah, I don't really want to know anymore. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. I can just imagine the rest. Sonny, welcome to the show. You're going to play the game in which you're going to have to complete two out of three news-related limericks. Bill Curtis, of course, will begin them. You have to finish them by filling in the last word or phrase. You ready to do this? Yes, I'm ready. Here we go. Here's your first limerick. Once the paper is flushed down the bowl, arts and crafts have to pay the hard toll. How can we soldier on now that cardboard is gone? They've removed the cute tube from the... Guys, I'm at a lot. I know, it's hard. I'm just going to say, it's hard when you're doing it and you're on the spot. It's everybody knows this. This game is really hard, this whole thing. It is. It's a very difficult. A blank of paper. Oh, my God. Peace. Roll. Roll, yes, yes you got wow. it. Wow. Apparently, to save paper, bathroom tissue brands are considering removing the cardboard tube from the middle of the roll. This is great for the environment, but causing panic among kindergarten teachers everywhere. <laughs> and Good. anybody who uses binoculars. Exactly. <laughs> Here's your next limerick. Charles Dickens, that overachiever, found fault in the wines of Geneva. And he'd often bewail his slow Sunday mail, because the man was a bit of a... Overachiever. No, we heard overachiever. That was the first word. <laughs> no, sorry. It's Aww. usually women get called this. Oh my God. It's terrible. We can't even use it. Rhymes <laughs> <laughs> with overachiever, Geneva. He was a you bit of a. I, Guys, I, I'm having a hard time here. It's all right, That's man. Okay. We'll, we'll, it's a hard one. We'll give it to you. It's diva. He's ah, a bit of a diva. diva. Mm. Yeah, according to handwritten right. letters that were displayed for the first time this week, Charles Dickens, the famous writer, was a bit of a diva. I guess he had some expectations about himself that were a little too great. No. <laughs> so in these new letters, he bitterly complains about an injustice, the ending of Sunday mail delivery to his hometown. Quote, I beg to say that I most decidedly and strongly object to the infliction of any such inconvenience upon myself. Unquote. That's Victorian English for don't you know who I am? <laughs> In another, he goes on and on complaining about the cost of bread. Oh, Charlie's going off about the bread again. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your last limerick. If you get this, you win. Though his teeth just might frighten a waiter, my big reptile's a lover, not hater. He's an affable sort, and he gives me support. He's a registered, comforting... Alligator. Yes, gator. Yes. That's Whoa. right. Whoa. Nice. Whoa. Wally, the emotional support alligator, was adopted six years ago by a man who needs emotional support because of the sudden, unexpected loss of both his arms. <laughs> His owner takes Wally everywhere he goes, including the sleeping in the same bed. That's true. And he assures you, just in case, that Wally, the 70-pound alligator, is absolutely loving. He says, quote, when he turns his nose towards you, that means he expects a kiss, Aww. which will make fabulous last words. <laughs> It's weird that he has him in the bed with him, but it's also when it's so hot at nighttime, it would yeah. be nice to have like a cool reptile. Well, and alligators are probably cool, yeah. With, yeah, they're, yeah, cold. they're, yeah. they're cold. It's like a weighted blanket. Yeah. yeah. With rows and rows of teeth. Yeah. <laughs> a gator skin weighted blanket. Yeah. Perfect. That's good, lovely green. Aren't they green? They could they, be green. Yeah. Are they green? <laughs> I, I didn't know. If it, I, listen, I don't want to confuse real alligators with cartoon alligators. I understand. That's very important. <laughs> right. Like, do they actually play the trumpet and walk down the street in Louisiana? <laughs> Bill, how did Sonny do in our quiz? His two out of three means he's a winner, Congratulations, Sonny. Yay, you got it. Thank you. Thanks so much, and we'll look for that merch soon. Take care. friends. 
Summer is for going to the movie theater because it's too hot to stay home. It's for driving with the windows down, listening to your favorite music. It's for stretching out while you're on vacation to gobble up a TV show. For a guide to some of the TV, movies, and music we are most excited about this summer, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. For the seventh year on the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race and identity go way beyond the day's headlines. Because we know what's part of every person is part of every story. We're bringing that perspective with new episodes every week. Listen on the Code Switch podcast from NPR. So you've seen the TV show The Bear, and now all you want to do is come to Chicago and eat an Italian beef sandwich. And I don't blame you. They are great. But that's one meal. What are you going to do with the rest of your time? How about a spicy, juicy evening of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, live at the Studebaker Theater? Not only is it hilarious, but if you stick around afterwards, I personally will tell you the very best non-fictional place to get Italian beef in Chicago. For more information on Wait, Wait, Not Italian Beef, go to nprpresents.org. Now it is time for our final game. Lightning fill in the blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill in the blank questions as they can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Mo and Skylar each have three, and Maeve has one. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Maeve, you're in third place. You're up first. The God. clock will start when they begin your first question. Yeah, fill in well, the blank. Watch out, Peter. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go, Maeve. On Wednesday, the FDA authorized a booster shot specifically targeting the blank variant. COVID. No. (laughs) The Omicron variant of COVID. This week, the Secret Service recovered over $200 million in stolen blank. No. (laughs) Pandemic loans, according to a new study, Mm. melting ice sheets in Greenland will raise blank by over a foot. The ocean. Yes, sea levels. Yes, 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 Maeve. Almost had a perfect score. This week, officials in Oregon announced they were finally changing the name of Blank Mountain. Moa's Moa's motioning to me. No. Hood. Hood. No, Mount Hood is still called Mount Hood. However, Swastika Mountain, however, has a new name. Oh, what? The forthcoming name change is a real relief to local hikers who are getting tired of telling people Swastika Mountain is really beautiful this time of year. You're wondering about the name. The mountain is not like shaped like a swastika, but it was named for a local man who liked to brand swastikas (laughs) on his cows. Cool. No further questions. (laughs) Bill, how did Maeve do on our quiz? Those of us who are interested in following Maeve's career... Thank you. ...are happy to note she got one right. I'll drink to that. Which gives her two more... And she ties our other panelist with a total of three. All right, I'm going to arbitrarily choose you, Skylar, to go next. So here we go, fill in the blank. Due to heavy flooding, the drinking water system in blank failed, leaving the city without clean water. Jackson. Mississippi. On Tuesday, officials in North Korea confirmed that blank had tested positive for COVID. Uh... Donald Trump. No, Kim Jong-un. After a woman in Japan called authorities about a loose monkey, a team arrived and quickly blanked. Ooh, t- took, killed the monkey. No, they accidentally shot the woman with the tranquilizer dart. Oh, <laughs> that is so rude. It is. On Thursday, three more cast members announced they would not be returning to the 48th season of Blank. Saturday Night Live. Right. And after 60 hours of competition, a man in Montenegro this week was crowned the winner of the 12th annual Blank Championship. Hot dog eating. No, the, after 60 hours of competition, he won the Lying Down Championship. <laughs> Before you say, hey, I could do that, listen to what the winner had to say. Quote, it was not difficult. <laughs> well, the winner is named Zeliko Pajanovic. He is proud of his achievements and used all his, the energy he had saved to, and this is true, beat up a reporter who said he was lazy. Bill, how did Skyler do in our quiz? Two right. Four more points. Total wow. of seven. So, Bill, how many does Mo need to win? Three to win. All right. Mm. Here we go, Mo. This is for the game. Fill in the blank. According to a new report, levels of blank hit a record high in 2021. Carbon dioxide? Yes, greenhouse oh. gas. This week, Democrat Mary Peltola beat out blank in a special election for Alaska's single house seat. Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin. This week, former Soviet Union leader Blank passed away at the age of 91. Oh, the, 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 with the jam stain on his forehead. His uh, name being... Uh, Gorbachev. 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 On Tuesday, health officials in Texas reported the first U.S. death from Blank. Oh, monkey pox. Yes. This week, a meteorologist in North Carolina who wanted to tell her viewers there'd be no rain on Wednesday 
put up a graphic that read blank. Um, no, um, it, it said something that was unexpected and humorous. Um, it, said, it said, the next round's on me. No. <laughs> no rain on Wednesday. She put up a graphic that said, dry hump day. Oh. On Wednesday, NASA announced a new $1.5 billion contract with private space company Blank. Oh, is it that SpaceX? It is. After years of demand, Twitter has finally introduced a button allowing users to blank. Oh, to edit their, their tweets. Their yes, tweets. this week, the Los Angeles Office of Emergency Management accidentally sent out a message urging blank. Protect yourself. No, they sent out a message urging everyone in LA to evacuate immediately. Wow. <laughs> The uh, emergency alert message interrupted TV broadcasts. It was frightening at first. Uh, viewers quickly realized it was a mistake. But then people got excited because if everyone left all of Los Angeles, it might finally be possible to get an affordable place to live there. <laughs> Bill, did Mo do well enough to win? He got six right, 12 more points, total of 15 wins. Congratulations. In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists to predict after Doggy Parton what will be the next hot new celebrity product. But first, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our tour manager is Shana Donald. Thanks to the staff and crew at the Studebaker Theater. B.J. Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King. Our production assistant is Sophia Hernandez Simeonita. Special thanks to Julia Young this week. Peter is our guy, Gwyn or Glues. Technical direction is from Lorna White. Our CFO is Colin Miller. Our production manager is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Shellog. The executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Mr. Michael Danforth. Now, panel, what will be the next new celebrity product? Mo Rocca. Crystal Gale will sell crystal meth. <laughs> Maeve Higgins. Elon Musk will sell a perfume that repels women. Yeah, it's called Muskrat. <laughs> and Skylar Higley. Uh, it'll be uh, Harry Bel- Belafonte's Belafonte Bites. <laughs> well, if any of that happens, we're going to ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell thanks Me. Thanks to Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Mo Rocca, Maeve Higgins, and Skylar Higley. Thanks for a fabulous debut. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Peter Sagal. We'll see you next week. This is NPR. Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media? This week, we're talking about the viral videos of women making marshmallows and mozzarella from scratch and how behind the sheen of calm kitchens and cute fits, there's some interesting pessimism about our modern world. And that's worth digging into. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR. Moms know the ups and downs of life. It's what makes them great subjects for books. This is one of the things that fiction can do, right? It can give us a window into the battles that each person is waging or facing, but it doesn't mean that we condone her actions. This week on NPR's Book of the Day podcast, we are discussing books centering mothers. So call your mom, then tune into the Book of the Day podcast from NPR. Listen to Embedded for moments that stay with you. I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust. Voices that resonate. <laughs> Stories that change the way you think about your life. How how did we get here? The Embedded Podcast is NPR's home for original documentary series. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.